So welcome everyone. Today we're going to look at how we can uh, do pathway neural analysis on different types of lists using Kaijun's Ingenuity Pathway Analysis. And so before we get started, to let you know that the product that I'll be showing here today is intended for, bi for uh, molecular biology applications only. This is not intended for the uh, diagnosis, prevention, or treatment of a disease. And so as we mentioned, um, there are several features available in today's webinar. So if you have any questions, please utilize the Q&A box that's located at the bottom of your screen. This is going to help us keep track of what questions are being an answered and what questions are being asked. Now I am going to try to make this interactive um, so that I can get a feel for what you guys um, um, are interested in uh, looking at uh, for today. So I will be asking for you guys to raise your hands. And so the raise hand button is located at the bottom of your screen. So if you guys can just please click on it so that I know that it's working for those of you that are attending today's webinar. And so again, that raise hand button is going to be um, located at the bottom of your screen. Now, if you do experience any technical difficulties, uh, please let us know through chat and we will try to help you as best as we can. Um, so there are times when researchers like you will generate data with no differential values, just a list of identifiers. Because many of you are interested in analyzing this list in different ways, uh, we will start off with a introduction to engineering pathway analysis. We'll then uh, break today's session into two parts. And so in the first part, uh, we'll look at how you can utilize IPA to analyze your list of identifiers. And so in this section, we will go over um, data format and how to um, upload your list and set up a core analysis. We will also look at key components uh, in a core analysis to interpret your results and then learn how you can um, analyze multiple analysis when you are working with uh, different groups, for example. Now, in the second part, we'll look at how you can take advantage of IPA's powerful knowledge base. And so in this section, we'll look at how you can construct a network using a list of interest to identify relationships. And we will then um, contextualize uh, your network using uh, public data. Now, just to note um, that in today's slides, we do have step-by-step um, -step slides that can be accessed, so you can generate uh, the visuals that we'll be looking at today. And so these step-by-step -step slides can be easily accessed by just clicking on the hyperlinks that you see here at the bottom. Now, in IPA, one of the results of a core expression analysis is to define relevant pathways based on the molecules in your list. And so here, um, Loci associated with ulcerative colitis patients um, are enriched in uh, pathways involved in immune response, which is known to contribute to the pathology of uh, this disease. Now, when you open up a, a pathway, you can see how the molecules in your list, uh, represented here in a gray highlight, are connected to other nodes uh, that influence downstream functions, such as uh, inflammation and um, immune response, uh, for example. Now, in addition to biological pathways, uh, you can discover uh, regulatory molecules that have the potential to influence the molecules observed in your list. And so once you identify a regulator of interest, like SP1, which plays a role in the development and progression of colon cancer, uh, you can display it as a network. and further study the interactions between uh, the regulator and its downstream uh, targets uh, found within your list. Now, these upstream regulators can serve as potential therapeutic targets or can be candidates for additional mechanistic studies. 
Now in IPA, we can use a comparison analysis to compare enrichment across uh, multiple analysis. And so by using a heat map, uh, you can easily see how uh, these uh, different uh, pathways and uh, these uh, biological uh, functions involved in immune response are more enriched in loci associated with um, ulcerative colitis uh, compared to colorectal uh, cancer. In addition, you can also identify um, common uh, regulators between ulcerative colitis and uh, colorectal cancer like tumor necrosis factor that can serve as potential targets for uh, therapeutic um, studies. And so this um, highlights how easy it is in IPA to compare different analysis and discover a similar or opposite trends within your data, giving users like you a way to integrate um, across a different experiments. Now, in addition uh, to heat maps, users uh, like you can identify uh, commonalities and differences between uh, your list or analysis by simply comparing them. And so with the uh, compare feature in IPA, users like you can quickly and easily generate um, a list of um, common or unique uh, molecules and use this list uh, for downstream applications, such as a core analysis or uh, network construction. Now, utilizing the curated interactions and associations within uh, the Kaijin knowledge base, you can construct a custom network and see how molecules common between uh, ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer interact uh, with each other and how they associate with um, activation of T lymphocytes and um, other uh, relevant functions such as proliferation of cancer cells. Now with your uh, custom network, you can overlay public expression data onto the network. So not only can you see how the observed expression uh, changes, influence uh, the molecules in the network, where red is upregulation and green is downregulation coming from the uh, data set, but you can also compare uh, different groups uh, by using these uh, node charts. And so here we can see that when um, ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer are treated, um, genes uh, such as PDGFB and uh, TGF beta 1, which play a role in cell preparation, are downregulated compared to the disease state. Now, the opposite trend is observed. Uh, with TGF-beta inhibitor uh, SNAD7. Uh, and so you can also see how in your network uh, treatment leads to a predicted inhibition of activation of T lymphocytes and uh, proliferation of cancer cells. And so not only can you see relationships between your molecules of interest, but you can also find additional therapeutic uh, targets that may be beneficial for both ulcerative colitis and uh, colorectal cancer patients. And so these are some of the results that we will be uh, looking at today. Um, so are these the type of results that you guys are interested in? So I'm gonna go ahead and just um, launch a poll just to get some feedback uh, in terms of um, just let us know whether these are some of the uh, things that you guys are interested in. So if you guys can just take a quick minute uh, to fill up that poll, that would be great.
And so the functionalities within IPA are powered by the Kyogen knowledge base, which represents a massive ontology of over 12 million uh, curated literature uh, findings trying to define molecular interactions and associations of the literature. And so our team of MD and PhD level scientists go through the literature to define and define uh, what are the key molecular uh, interactions found within those publications. And so they pull out uh, appropriate context for these relationships from the study to understand interactions between molecules and associations between um, diseases and uh, functions and molecules. And so the highly uh, the high quality manual Minorly created data allows for um, causation prediction uh, in IPA as well. And so overall, uh, the Kyogen knowledge base represents a rich repository of molecular interactions of high quality that has been updated weekly for the, um, over 20 years. And so let's go ahead and look at how you can utilize IPA to analyze your list of identifiers. And so again, just a quick reminder, that step-by-step um, -step slides for every for the uh, main uh, visuals that we're going to be generating are going to be found here um, in the lower uh, right corner of the slides. And so IPA has uh, basic requirements for uploading uh, data. It's only going to really require a list like this, which can be a list of genes, uh, SNPs, transcripts, proteins, metabolites, and it can be uh, in um, either uh, text, Excel, CSV, and DIF format. And so this list can come from uh, various um, experimental approaches, uh, such as GWAS, uh, NGS, WES, uh, qPCR, ChIP-seq, uh, RNAi, and CRISPR, just to give you some examples. Um, as well as um, other applications um, that you see here. And so for those working with data like RNA-seq and proteomics that typically generate uh, differential values, such as log ratio, full change, we recommend that you include differential expression values as this will allow IPA to compare your differential expression patterns uh, with the literature to make predictions. Now, if you are interested in how IPA makes predictions, um, our IPA new user trainings uh, go through this in much more detail. So feel free to register for uh, one of our upcoming um, IPA new user trainings. And so for today, we're going to focus on just those that have a list. Uh, but again, if you do happen to generate differential expression values, you can also include that uh, with your list. Now, IPA um, supports different types of identifiers. Um, for example, if you're working with uh, metabolomics data, um, IPA supports different types of metabolite identifiers uh, like PubChem uh, and DeKeg, just to name some examples. Now, a feature that is very helpful when working with uh, metabolomics data or other type of data that um, you may be working with is that IPA uh, can take in multiple identifiers of the same molecule. And so this allows IPA to capture the largest number of molecules um, in the list. And so this is the example that we will be um, looking at today. Now, the data that we will be working with today was obtained uh, from this uh, published uh, study that conducted a genome-wide association study meta-analysis of case and uh, control cohorts of European and East Asian descent to identify risk associations. And so we'll be working with a risk loci list identified in um, alternative colitis uh, patient 
cohort. And so today we're going to use uh, this uh, list and upload it into IPA for a expression analysis. And so just to kind of give you a view of what that um, file looks like, so if you take a look at this list in Excel, uh, you can see that this list is formatted uh, to fit the requirements for IPA. And so here we have um, an ID column for uh, DB SNP identifiers. Now, since we want to capture the largest number of molecules in the list, um, included are also the genes uh, the loci map to. And so this is the file that we will be uploading uh, into YPA. And so with this, we're gonna go ahead and go into the software. Now, when you open up um, IPA, uh, you will see an interface that looks like this. Now, the first thing you will notice is this a quick start uh, window where you have uh, workflow options for analyzing different types of data like um, RNA-seq or proteomics, um, fossil proteomics to give you some examples. Now, this window also gives you access to what is new in IPA and helpful information uh, like uh, articles and frequently asked questions, as well as access to our case studies and uh, webinars. Anything that you upload and all the analysis that you generate are going to be saved in the project manager window under the My Project subfolders. And then um, all the functionalities within IPA can be easily accessed uh, through the Create New button. And so here we can use uh, this create a uh, new button to, for example, uh, start different functions like upload a data set or start a core analysis. And so we are going to uh, start by going over two things, how to upload a list and how to set up and start an expression analysis on that list. And so to um, start, we simply go to the create new and then core analysis. And so this is going to give you uh, two options. You can analyze um, any list that you previously uploaded, or you can analyze uh, any list. And so in this case, we're interested in analyzing a new list. So we're going to go ahead and click on the upload to select our list of interest. And so here we can select our list and then uh, just click on open. And so again, just a quick review to upload. Uh, a data set or a list, you can simply go to create new, core analysis, and then upload to select uh, your uh, file of interest. Now this is going to open up the uh, data set upload window. Um, and so here we can see sort of like a mini copy of our um, spreadsheet. And so you can see that we have uh, two um, ID columns in this file. And so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and label our ID columns uh, by utilizing this uh, dropdown menu uh, located here. And so here we're gonna use a dropdown to select ID. And so once uh, we do so, you can see that IPA automatically identifies um, the values in this column as dbSNPt. And so here you can see that um, IP um, recognizes different types of identifiers. Uh, so if for some reason IPA didn't select the correct one, you can always uh, manually select it as well. Now, because we want to uh, maximize uh, the number of findings, so here you can see that um, we have uploaded 135 rows. 
but only 74 of those rows have been uh, recognized. And so to maximize um, the mapping that IPA does, we're also going to go ahead and uh, let IPA know that we also have um, mapped genes uh, that are available. And so for that, we're going to go into the dropdown and select ID. And so here uh, we can let IPA know that this column contains uh, gene symbols. And so once we do that, uh, IPA is going to go and map uh, the information that's present. And so now if we take a look at our data set summary tab, you can see that it has recognized um, 132 of our molecules and two have not been recognized. So if you take a look at uh, the show details, uh, we can get information on those that were recognized as well as those that uh, were not recognized. And so those that weren't mapped uh, may be uncharacterized as SNPs that exist, but um, are not associated with bindings in IPA's uh, database yet. And so now that we have um, mapped our um, molecules, we can easily uh, save this list by simply going to the uh, save option. And so here, um, um, you will get a warning that says uh, that you don't have many metadata. Some metadata is not required, but it is recommended. So in case you do want to add some metadata, you can always click on the metadata tab. And then here you can um, enter that information by simply selecting the field of interest and then um, edit the field to add that information. And you can always uh, create your own custom field if you don't um, see that uh, present here within our large um, parameters of metadata available. So for today, we are just going to go ahead and save this file. Uh, but just to quickly review, we uploaded the data set. We let IP know uh, which columns uh, contain our identifiers. And so in this case, our first two columns contain the identifiers. And that allowed IPA to map uh, most of our molecules present. And so with that, you can easily just click on save to save this uh, list as a data set. So here, I'm just going to go ahead and click on OK since I don't want to add any metadata. And then um, in this case, we can uh, select a existing folder to save our data set. Or we can go ahead and create a new folder by simply going to new. And then here we can uh, name our new folder. So I'm just gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and just click on cancel um, as I already have a folder that I want to save this under. And so it's gonna go ahead and save that information. Now the next window will ask what type of analysis IPA is going to run, which is going to be an expression analysis uh, for the most part. Now, for those of you that are working with uh, different types of data, such as um, anabolomics or uh, phosphoproteomics, um, uh, you want to make sure that you label the correct um, analysis that you want to perform. Uh, but for the most part, expression analysis will be the 
the default that you will utilize. And so here, we're just going to go ahead and click on Next. And so this brings you to the core analysis setup window that has various filters available to pre-filter a core analysis. Now here on the top um, section, you can uh, filter your, the, your data set and the information obtained from IP's knowledge base. Uh, for example, by specific species, uh, by specific cell lines or mutations. Um, and so these filters allow you to sort of like capture the type of information that you want to uh, look at. But for today, uh, we want to maximize um, our results and want to utilize um, everything that's available within the knowledge base. So we're going to go ahead and leave uh, these uh, default uh, settings alone. And really just uh, focus on running the analysis. And so here you can see that uh, 123 uh, molecules will be um, analyzed um, in this um, data set. And so to run the analysis, you can simply just hit on run analysis. Decide where you want to save the analysis in what folder, and then go ahead and click on OK. So once you click on OK, uh, this analysis will go up to our um, servers um, to be processed. And so before we go on, um, any uh, questions that uh, you would like for me to take? Yeah, as a matter of fact, a couple of uh, questions have come in. And as always, we'll also take this opportunity to ask our audience a question or two. So one is, of course, like, how is the of the presentation, do we need to go faster, slower, or current pace is fine? And second is oftentimes when we show analysis like this, uh, people are also interested in public data. So is that the case for you or not? Um, one question was, where did you get the spreadsheet uh, that had RSIDs? Um, so the spreadsheet uh, that I obtained uh, was actually from the published study. Uh, so I went to the GWAS uh, database um, and uh, downloaded uh, the um, RISLO site that the study identified. Okay, so was that like from a publication that they had like supplemental data or something like that, or? Um, so the publication had the, the data and the supplemental, uh, but you can also go to a publicly available um, a repository for GWAS data that can also provide you with that information. That's where I uh, obtained that information. Okay, great. And just so everyone knows, uh, I noted that about 40% of you voted that you never worked with IPA before, right? If you're one of those, then this training is designed with a very specific type of scenario in mind. And that scenario is what if a person just has a list and not numerical values, like say differential expression, p value, et cetera, et cetera. If you do have a data set, which is, you know, RNC, single cell RNC, proteomics, where you have both gene IDs plus differential expressions, then keep in mind you would be doing things a little bit differently. And for that, I'm repasting the slides. And on slide number two, you know, we again have IPA user resources. So we strongly recommend you go through them to figure out how to upload data. And of course, you can reach out to us as well, and we can make sure we point you in the right direction. In terms of questions, the other question was about um, Upstream analysis, causal networks, and activity score. 
But I don't know, Arsal, if you want to take that right now or perhaps, you know, when you go through that uh, section in IPA. Yeah, so we're going to be going through uh, through the different components of an analysis. Um, so I can take those questions later. I feel like they'd be too too early to <laughs> address them. Okay, so the attendee who asked that question will make sure that we cover them just a little bit later. Um, another question, and this question got specific, but I, I think the way I can ask can be useful to anyone who's working with microRNA. Like if a person is working with microRNA, do you recommend them to go straight to core analysis or do something else first? Um, so if you are working uh, with a microRNA data set, uh, we do have a very cool tool called the microRNA target filter that allows you to identify um, the target mRNAs for your microRNA. Um, so if that, so if that's the type of data that you are working with, um, this is a great starting point um, to identify those uh, target mRNAs um, and take a look at um, what type of uh, context those uh, mRNA targets are in. And then uh, with that, you can um, create a more complete um, data set that you can then upload into IPA for uh, an expression analysis. All right. So with that, actually, even more questions are coming in, but I'm going to pass it back to you because I know you have a lot you need to go over. And to our attendees, please continue, uh, please continue asking questions. Uh, Tim and I will answer questions as they come in, and Araceli will be answering quest more questions live very soon as well. So with that, back to you, Araceli. Thanks. And so I just saw one quick question. How do we resolve duplicates? And so um, IPA does recognize uh, duplicates. And so here, because we are working with just a list of um, identifiers, um, IPA will let you know uh, what duplicates are present, just to give you a heads up that these were entered uh, twice um, in your data set. Um, and so here, I'm just going to go ahead and click on cancel just because I already ran this um, analysis. And so I'm going to go ahead and open that up under my uh, folder. So you can um, open up your analysis by just simply double clicking on it. And so I'm going to go ahead and just maximize it so you guys can see it better. And so when you open up an analysis, um, this is how the um, how this is how it will look like uh, with results for um, pathway, ultra analysis, Andes and functions uh, in different tabs. And so um, the default is going to be the summary uh, page that provides you with the top five results uh, for each of um, your uh, categories. So I'm going to go ahead and click on the pathways tab and take a look at the canonical pathways. Now, one of the results of a core expression analysis is to define relevant pathways based on the molecules in your list. Now, this figure may be familiar to most of you as this is something that is often published in papers. This is where you have uh, different pathways that allow you to study the molecular mechanisms behind different types of data sets. And so here you can see what pathways are enriched in this list. And so the more significant the enrichment, uh, the higher uh, the bar. So you can see that pathways involved um, in uh, immune response are enriched in this list of loci associated with ulcerative colitis. And so you can kind of get a feel uh, for what type of biology um, is happening within the context of these um, loci. Now, when you click on a pathway, um, like for example, this uh, MSP-RON signaling in macrophage pathway, 
not only can you see how enriched it is in um, the chart, but you can also um, open up this table below and see all of the uh, molecules from your data set uh, present in this pathway um, that are found within uh, your list. I'm just going to go ahead and just make this a little bit better so you guys uh, can see. And so um, this column right here shows you the direction of expression that is expected uh, for these uh, genes uh, when this pathway is activated according to literature and IPA's knowledge base, giving you some idea of how these genes are behaving. And then uh, this table also gives you information on uh, what genes can serve as uh, biomarkers, and it's going to provide you with some drug information as well. And so here uh, you can open up um, this pathway to view it in more details by simply just clicking on the open uh, pathway. I'm just going to go ahead and maximize this so you guys can see it better. And so when you open a pathway, you can see how the molecules uh, within your list here represented by um, the gray coloring and the uh, purple highlight are connected to other nodes in uh, this um, pathway that influence uh, downstream functions uh, such as um, inflammation and um, immune response. And so by taking a look at um, uh, the connections, uh, you can generate a, a nice hypothesis on how the genes present within your list uh, are interacting and influencing other nodes um, that can lead to um, biological functions that are relevant to your uh, disease state. And so here um, you can export uh, this image by simply uh, going to the um, export icon right here. And so here you can um, export in different uh, formats as well as in different resolutions and decide whether you want to export the whole pathway or just that one section that you may be uh, interested in. Now taking a look at this uh, pathway, you can see that there's different uh, shapes, different lines, uh, different abbreviations that show up when you go and hover over the connecting uh, relationships. And so um, for that, you can always go into the help and legend. And this is going to open up um, our legends um, list in your browser that's going to provide you with more detailed information on what those different shapes are that you see in IPA, uh, those different abbreviations that appear under the relationships, and then as well as the different types of relationships that are present within IPA. And so this can easily be accessed by going to the help and the uh, legends uh, section. And so um, you can easily access any pathway uh, within um, IPA by simply going into um, your pathways tab and then selecting a pathway of interest that you want to take a deeper look at and then just clicking that open uh, pathway uh, button. Now, um, let's say that you are interested in finding which uh, regulatory molecules that, uh, which regulatory molecules have the potential to influence the molecules observed in your list. But you don't want to spend hours reading through literature to find this type of information. And so this is where uh, the upstream analysis tab uh, can be very useful. And so um, in upstream analysis, the upstream regulators uh, tab uh, looks 
for um, any relatively molecule in IPA's knowledge base and um, identifies downstream targets within your data, thereby allowing you to find which uh, key molecules could influence the expression of the molecules observed in your list. And so this table lists information about uh, individual uh, regulators, and these can be genes, microRNAs, uh, drugs, chemicals, and much more. Now, taking a look at this um, table, there's over 1,200 uh, regulators, which may not be very helpful. And so for that reason, we have this uh, table features uh, different um, filters that can help narrow down uh, your uh, list of regulators. Now, if you are one of those users um, who is looking for a specific uh, regulator, uh, you can uh, use uh, this filter icon right here. And let's undo that. So I'm just resorting the table the way that it was. Uh, you can use this filter icon right here and type in that um, regulator of interest. If you're interested in tumor necrosis factor, you can simply search for it and filter it down. Now this column um, right here uh, tells you how many uh, genes in your list are targeted by a upstream regulator. So if you are looking for specific downstream targets, uh, you can utilize uh, this little filter icon um, to type in uh, those targets uh, that you may be interested in. Now here, what we're going to do is we're going to use uh, the descriptor of mo molecule type to define a re regulatory profile of transcription of regulators. And so by um, filtering uh, based on our molecule of interest, so here we're interested in a specific molecule. So we're going to go ahead and select from list below. And select transcription uh, regulator. We can narrow down uh, this list from 1,200 to 158, and so the 53. So this kind of so this um, helps you um, sort of further down and narrow um, your list to those um, molecules that may be of interest to you. Now, once you identify a regulator of interest, such as um, SP1, uh, which plays a role in the development and progression of colon cancer, you can display it as a network by simply highlighting the row and then uh, clicking on. Uh, display as network. To see how um, SP1 is connected to its downstream targets found within your data set. And so just to show hands, how many of you would find uh, this feature pretty useful when it comes to maybe a generating a um, profile of interesting molecules um, to look at um, for future um, experiments. You can see that uh, many of you would find uh, such a feature useful. And so again, uh, this can easily be accessed by simply going into the um, upstream analysis tab, using the filters to filter down and narrow um, to the type of molecule that you're interested in. 
selecting that molecule and then displaying as a network to see how it is connected um, to your uh, list. And so with this, um, let's go ahead and look at how you can use IPA to compare between different analyses. Now, in the literature, ulcerative colitis has been associated with the subsequent development of colorectal cancer. Now, because of this, uh, you obtained uh, a risk association loci list from this uh, published study where they conducted uh, a GWAS meta-analysis of colorectal cancer patients and uh, European and East Asian uh, descent controls. And so here, one of the questions that you may have is what are the biological trends, um, similarities, differences between uh, these two uh, populations that are associated in the literature? And so by using uh, comparison analysis, you can visualize biological trends um, across multiple analysis. And so here you can look at uh, p-values uh, representing enrichment to identify which key um, pathways have enriched molecules based on your list or analysis of interest. And so let's go ahead and um, do that in IPA. So I'm going to go ahead and just minimize my windows. And so when you are working with multiple groups, like different time points, different treatments, different diseases, it's kind of hard to compare things one by one um, as we've been doing so far. And so for this reason, IPA has a powerful feature called comparison analysis that allows you to compare multiple analysis at once. And so to access um, the comparison analysis feature, you can simply go to the create new and select the second option called comparison analysis. And so here you can um, select the different types of analysis that you want to compare. And so in this case, um, we're interested in comparing uh, ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer associations. So I can go under um, my, my project uh, subfolders and select the analysis that I want to look at, move it to the right-hand side. And so here we can see that we have uh, the analysis that is currently open, shown down here, and then uh, the new analysis uh, that was uploaded. Uh, looking at colorectal uh, cancer patients. Now here, I'm just going to select these two, but you can always go to other folders uh, within uh, your My Project subfolders and add that information um, as well. Now, once you're done with um, selecting your analysis, you can simply view the comparison by clicking on View Comparison. And so again, uh, this can be um, accessed by simply going to the Create New uh, button and um, selecting comparison analysis, and then selecting your analysis that you want to um, compare. So I'm just gonna go ahead and just um, make this window a little bit bigger so that you guys can see it better. And so here you can see uh, comparisons in the form of a heat map uh, for uh, pathways, for upstream, regulators, and for diseases and functions uh, in, this, in different tabs. So if you want to compare enrichment of biological processes or look at uh, regulatory molecules, you can click on uh, these two um, tabs um, to get more information. But for today, we're going to go ahead and just focus on the canonical pathways um, tab.
And so this heat map allows you to visualize um, the canonical pathways. relevant to these two um, analysis, one looking at ulcerative colitis associations and the other one at colorectal cancer associations uh, simultaneously. And so by default, uh, the heat map displays uh, the enrichment of molecules in this pathway uh, for each analysis, which is based on a Fisher's exact p-value. And so uh, the more intense uh, the purple coloring, uh, the higher the p-value. And so, um, you can see that uh, pathways uh, such as um, Th1, um, Th1 and Th2 activation pathway and um, IL-23 signaling pathway, for example, are um, which are involved in uh, immune response are highly um, enriched in ulcerative um, colitis uh, patients compared to uh, colorectal cancer. And so by simply um, looking at this, you can kind of um, identify some biolog biological trends that may be unique to one data set compared to the other, or identify some biological trends that are shared um, across um, both uh, data sets. Now you can sort um, this um, heat map by uh, hierarchical clustering. So now we're looking at it by p-value. So if we do um, hierarchical clustering, or you can use this to um, sorry, my IP is not letting me extend. Here we go. Uh, so you can use this to identify uh, patterns that are either uh, similar or different across um, the different analysis. And so um, this is another uh, great visualization uh, that you can use to identify what types of um, categories within the pathways um, these two analyses either share or um, have opposite uh, enrichments. So just a show of hands, how many of you would find this feature uh, useful uh, when comparing different types of analysis, whether they're looking at treatments or time points or different disease states as we're looking here, and identifying what is similar or different across these uh, multiple uh, data sets? I can see that many of you would find this feature useful. And so the heat map really provides an easy way of looking at and comparing data to look for differences and similarities, allowing you to identify uh, metabolic and signaling pathways that may uh, be enriched across your data sets or may be essential uh, for the um, biology that you are uh, looking at. Now um, let's use a uh, simple tool within um, IPA to identify uh, similarities and differences between uh, list and analysis. And so let's say that uh, you are interested in identifying the similarities and differences between the loci associated with ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer. And so for that, uh, you can use another uh, very useful feature in IPA called the uh, compare feature. And so I'm just gonna go ahead and just minimize this and go to our um, create new and then uh, compare. So the comparison analysis allows you to look and compare enrichment across your data sets 
whereas the compare feature allows you to look at what is similar and what is different between uh, your data sets. And so here we want to uh, compare uh, both our uh, ulcerative colitis and our colorectal uh, loci list. So we can simply select those and then move them to um, the right-hand side. And as you do so, you can see that event diagram begins to build. And so once we have our two data sets, we can simply uh, look at the differences and um, common uh, molecules across them by simply clicking on the calculate intersections. And so um, this is going to generate a Venn diagram highlighting um, the overlaps and uh, the differences between uh, those two data sets. Now let's say you want to know uh, what genes are common across these uh, association lists. And so for that, you can simply click on the overlap and you can see what those genes are um, in this table uh, down here. So I'm just gonna go ahead and just maximize this so that you can um, see a little bit better. And so here you can see that there are 16 uh, genes that are shared across both uh, ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer. And so here we can um, select them all. So I'm just gonna click on control all in my keyboard uh, to select them all. And so uh, you can select this list and you can uh, annotate uh, the genes. And so this is going to um, open up uh, a table right here. That gives you information about what those genes are and just gives you some identifying information um, on what um, type of uh, molecule or where they're located um, uh, where these uh, specific genes are. Now, in addition to um, annotating uh, your genes, uh, you can also um, create a list uh, using these genes by simply going to the add to a list. And so here you can uh, create a new list um, and use this for various applications. In addition to that, you can also um, use these genes and uh, add them to a pathway by going to add to my pathway. And so here you can add them to a new uh, pathway. And so you can use this feature to construct uh, your own uh, custom network. And so again, uh, you can access the compare by simply going to the create new compare, and then um, selecting your uh, data sets and analysis that you want to uh, compare, and then calculate the intersection. And so this is a good time to take another Q&A break. Um, so Dev, if there are any uh, questions, uh, I'd be happy to take them. Yes, as a matter of fact, a lot of questions are coming in. And for that, I would again like to thank audience. Also, we'll take opportunity to perhaps you know, ask one more question to our audience. I understand that there are still more things that Araceli will go over, but based on what you saw so far, do you think this is something that can be useful to you? Um, so Araceli, one question related to comparison analysis that came in is a user had feline data set 
and the user wanted to compare that to human and mouse data set from publications. Is that something that's possible using IPA? Yeah, so with the comparison analysis, uh, you can compare between multiple data sets. And so um, you can compare between mouse and human, for example. Um, the only thing to note is that when you are comparing uh, multiple between multiple analysis and you are using uh, differential expression values, for example, you want to make sure that they're in the, they're the same time. So if you are using full change in one uh, data set, uh, you want to make sure to use full change in the other. That way, uh, the comparison can be a little bit more um, easy. But yeah, you can definitely um, create a comparison analysis uh, for any type of uh, analysis that you uh, run uh, under your uh, My Projects subfolders. Okay, wonderful. And in terms of comparing it to the publication uh, uh, related to human and mouse, you know, for that, we do recommend this tool called Analysis Match, which is one of the last tabs in uh, for analysis. Um, another question that uh, came up, if you can, can you go to your core analysis and canonical pathways tab? All right, so this is where uh, I, I believe more than one attendee, they were curious like, okay, you are not having any activity prediction on the pathway, but yet you have this up and down, you know, directions. So what are these? Um, so as I mentioned, uh, the expected column uh, gives you information, shows you the direction of expression um, that is expected for these genes when this pathway is activated. So according to literature, uh, when this uh, macrophage signaling, micro, macrophage pathway is activated, we um, should see these uh, genes, for example, be downregulated and these be upregulated when the pathway is active. So it's just going to give you an idea of how these uh, genes are behaving when uh, the pathway is activated according to information in the literature. So I want to remind our attendees again that what RSL is going over today is a very specific scenario where a person just has a list, okay? So they just have a list, but they don't have things like differential expression, p-value, et cetera, et cetera. If you were to have all of that for your RSD data, for your single cell RSD data, for your homics data, I'm again pasting some uh, trainings in the chat box June 6th is the training that's going to take place for new users who might have this type of data set. So again, it can be RSC, single cell RSC, microarray, proteomics, et cetera, et cetera. And instead, if you uh, want to watch past recording instead, I have a recording as well. So on this topic, actually, would it be possible for you to quickly open up an analysis that of actual data set where they have like differential expression and whatnot, and then compare and contrast to what you had open? where you just said like up and down, just so um, to get a good idea, like, you know, what it actually looks like. Uh, yeah, let me go ahead and just. So when your uh, list of uh, identifiers is associated with uh, differential values, um, what the differential values are going to add is they're going to add um, colors to your um, chart. So here you can see that um, our 
data set that just has lists, just has a list of identifiers. Um, there's really no colors. You can see the enrichment by the height of the bars, but you can't see how these pathways are behaving because IPA doesn't know how they're behaving. Uh, when you include differential um, expression, um, not only can you see the enrichment because the, the molecules are present, but the differential expression tells IPA how those molecules are behaving. So if you open up um, a pathway, you still get the information of how they are expected to behave in the literature when this pathway is activated, but now you can also compare that to see how they are actually behaving uh, in your data set. So here, for example, uh, these genes are expected to be uh, upregulated when this pathway is activated in the literature. And you can see that um, in this particular data set, those uh, genes are also upregulated. And so um, IPA compares a direction of expression between what is expected when the pathway is activated with what is actually occurring in your data set to make its prediction of activation in this case by uh, represented by the orange color. So this is um, the, one of the main differences uh, between just looking at a list as we see here versus a list that has differential expression values as the differential expression values tell IPA how those molecules are behaving. All right, wonderful. And if anyone is still confused, keep in mind, you guys have plenty of resources. As I mentioned, you know, you're welcome to ask more questions right now and we are happy to elaborate even more. And then you have access to the technical support. And if need be, you can always reach out to your Kaizen rep and the Kaizen rep can set up a training for your group or uh, you, depending on the scenario, okay? So with that, I'm going to pass it back to you actually, as I know you have still some more topics you wanna cover. And to our attendees, again, if you guys have more questions, paste it in the Q&A box, and we'll make sure that we answer uh, live towards the end of the presentation to you, Araceli. Thanks, Deb. Right, so now we're going to look at how you can query IP's uh, knowledge base. So in the literature, uh, T lymphocytes have been shown to play a role in both ulcerative colitis and uh, colon cancer. So using your list of genes common in both ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer patients, you want to know how those genes are associated with the activation of T lymphocytes. Can uh, they serve as potential targets? Uh, what other functions are they associated with? Now, rather than spending hours researching the literature, you can easily generate networks in IPA within minutes. And so the numerous tools for network construction IPA uh, utilize the information in the knowledge base to help define interactions and associations within your list molecules and allow you to build a specific network to help answer your questions or generate a hypothesis. And so here we can see how the common, uh, how the genes common between ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer uh, patients are connected and associated with um, activation of T lymphocytes and other functions such as proliferation of cancer cells. And so we are going to um, harness the power of IPA's knowledge base to build a network uh, for these uh, genes and see how these genes are connected uh, to each other and to the activation of T lymphocytes. And so here um, you can, um, again, um, add these genes to a pathway to start the network construction by simply selecting all of those genes and then add to my pathway and then selecting um, a new pathway to add. So once you do that, uh, so I'm just gonna go ahead and just 
show you the screen. So once you do that, uh, you can see that we now have our uh, 16 uh, genes that are common across ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer uh, displayed here in um, this blank canvas of a pathway. Now to see how these common genes um, to ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer are connected, we're going to go ahead and use um, the tools that are found within the build menu. So I'm going to go ahead and just maximize this so you can see it better. And so we're going to go ahead and select the built menu. And so here under built, we are going to use a drop down menu and select connect. Um, so this is going to allow you to uh, see how these molecules are connected. And so here we can simply select the molecules that we want to connect together. And then we're just going to go ahead and apply. So once we do that, IPA is going to query its knowledge base to find the different ways in which uh, these molecules are connected um, to each other. And so you can see that we now have um, connections, for example, between uh, SMAD3, SMAD7, uh, and the, these two genes. And so again, uh, you can um, identify connections within your network by simply going to the built menu and selecting the drop-down option uh, to connect. Now to see how they are connected to um, activation of T lymphocytes, we're gonna go ahead and use uh, the search bar. And so here the search bar allows you to query IPA's knowledge base and identify information for a gene under the genes and chemicals tab or a disease or function under the diseases and functions tab and get more information either about that gene or that disease. Now here, we're interested in activation of T lymphocytes. So we're gonna go ahead and use um, the uh, diseases and functions tab and search for our function of interest, which is activation of T lymphocytes. And as we do so, it's gonna auto um, populate So we're going to go ahead and select activation of T lymphocytes, and that is going to open up uh, the search window. Uh, so when you search for a disease, you're going to get a, a hierarchy of a disease uh, categories and then the number of molecules associated with that uh, function or disease. Now, in this case, whether you are looking at activation of T cells from a um, inflammatory response standpoint or from a, a immune cell trafficking standpoint, you can see that there's the same number of molecules associated with them. So in this case, I'm just going to go ahead and click on activation of T lymphocytes. And what we want to do is we want to add it to my pathway. And so in this case, we're going to go ahead and add it to that pathway that we have open, which is uh, right listed right here. So we're going to go ahead and add it to my new pathway too. Now it's going to ask you what type of information do you want to add? Do you want to add uh, the function as a node? Do you want to add all of the molecules associated with it? Or do you want to add both? Now, in this case, we are only interested in adding uh, the function as a node. So we're going to go ahead and click OK. And so what this is going to do is it's going to add our function right here. So now we have our genes from our uh, that are common from our list and our function of interest um, right here. And so to see how our genes and our, are associated to our function of interest, we're going to go ahead within the built menu 
use the dropdown and select the tool Path Explorer. So Path Explorer allows you to identify different paths in which two nodes of interest are connected. And so here we're interested in seeing how uh, these set of genes are connected to activation of T lymphocytes. So we're going to go ahead and use this um, box right here to let IPA know what type of direction we're interested in. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and select and highlight our genes and add them to this set A box. So now we have, um, again, selected our genes and add them to the set A box. Next, we're going to go ahead and select our function and add it to the set B box. Now, in terms of direction, we are interested in going from our genes to our function. In other words, we are interested in um, going from set A to set B. So we're going to use this drop-down menu and select from set A to set B. So now that we have let IP know um, what path we are trying to uh, build, we're going to go ahead and uh, apply that information. And so once we do so, uh, you can see that IPA has uh, recognized um, three different ways in which molecules from our common list are connected to activation of T lymphocytes. And so for that, we can go ahead and select all of those different paths. And we're going to go ahead and um, add them to my pathway to add them to our network. And so now you can see that we have um, our three different paths um, connecting our genes to our disease, our function of interest. Now, in addition at identifying um, what we call the shortest or more direct paths, IP also recognizes other paths in which our molecules of interest are connected to our function of interest through intermediates. So if I open up this list, for example, you can see that SMAD1 is connected to activation of T lymphocytes through uh, SMAD7, I'm sorry, SMAD4. So I'm just gonna go ahead and just add a couple of these um, connections uh, just to expand um, our network. So here I'm just selecting those molecules that currently don't have any uh, connections um, to our function of interest. So I'm just going to go ahead and just add a couple. And then I'm going to add these to the network by selecting the add to my pathway. And so if I close this, minimize this, you can now see that we have um, more connections uh, made uh, within our uh, network. Now here um, you can see that not all genes are connected. So we only want to keep those genes that have a connection to another node in this uh, network. And so we can sort of like clean this up by using the tools found within this drop-down menu. And so here we're going to use the tool keep as we want to keep only those uh, genes that have a connection. 
And so for that, uh, we can use um, this dialog on the left-hand side. And so if we scroll down, we have the option of node connectivity. And so in this case, we're going to first select our network. And then here, we want to look at those that have at least one connection. So we're going to um, note this by using the greater than and then typing in a zero. So what this is going to do, this is going to um, only keep those um, molecules or those nodes that have at least one connection. And so we're going to go ahead and apply this. So now you can see that if I redo this, we have those genes that are um, on their own. And once we apply that, uh, we can see that um, those have been removed. And so again, the keep option allows you to decide what you want to keep in your network. Now, in this case, we want to keep only those that have um, connections associated with them. And so here we can ask the question, what other functions are the genes in this network associated with? And so for that, we can row our network to see what else is out there. And so for that, we can stay within the built menu and select the option to grow. And so the grow um, tool allows you to identify um, different pathways or molecules that are associated with your network. Or in our case, we are interested in looking at different diseases or functions that are also associated with uh, the molecules in our network. And so for that, we're going to go ahead and go into the Disease and Functions tab. And so here, um, IP is going to query its knowledge base and identify the different diseases and functions that the molecules present in our network are associated with. And so here you can see that there are over uh, 456 different diseases and functions that the molecules within our network are associated with. So here, just for the... Um, just um, for the sake of time, I'm just gonna go ahead and just select a function that's maybe relevant. So in this case, you know, proliferation of cancer cells um, is a relevant uh, function since uh, some of these uh, genes that we're looking at were found in um, colorectal cancer uh, patients. So for that, I can select the function that I'm interested in and I can add it to my network by simply applying that function. So in my case, I'm just using one, but you can um, add multiple uh, functions uh, to further expand your network. So just a show of hands, how many you would find this feature pretty useful to identify what new targets are out there uh, for your list of genes uh, that you're interested in. So again, here uh, you can grow your network by simply using the built menu and going to the grow tool. Um, in this case, we're just adding one function, but you can also sort of filter to specific functions that you may be interested in uh, by using the filtering options here. So now that we have uh, this network, uh, we can see how, so I'm just going to go ahead and just make this a little bit bigger so you guys can see it better. You can see how um, our genes of interest that are common across both ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer are connected with each other and how they're also associated with activation of T lymphocytes, which is our initial function of interest. 
And we also found how they are also activated with proliferation of cancer cells. And so here uh, we can sort of change the way that this network looks by utilizing uh, the overlay menu. And so um, the overlay menu offers uh, different ways to reorganize um, this uh, network. So you can take a look at a subcellular to see where each of these molecules are located within a cell. Uh, you can do a more organic uh, view as well. So I'm just going to go ahead and just stick with this just because it makes this network look a little bit bigger. Uh, but just know that there's different ways that you can um, organize uh, the network um, that appears. So here um, you can see how our network is associated both with um, proliferation of cancer cells and um, activation of T uh, lymphocytes. Now, because IP is powered by a powerful knowledge base, uh, you can identify even more information. So let's say that you're looking at this network and you want to know, are there any known biomarkers um, for my disease of interest present in my network? And so for that, you can go into the overlay menu. And so here under overlay, you can use the option biomarkers to annotate information. So if we sort this table by disease and scroll down, we can see that there are some uh, colorectal uh, cancer uh, biomarkers. And so here, for example, we can see that um, there is a there are three uh, known biomarkers for the diagnosis of colorectal cancer. So we can easily add that annotation to a network. Um, another question that you may have is, are there any drugs that uh, target the molecules present in your network? And so again, you can use the overlay menu and select drugs to annotate uh, different drugs that target your uh, molecules uh, found within this network. So here, for example, uh, we can see that, you know, this drug, um, ipatacertib, um, targets um, AKT, which is a diagnosis marker for um, colorectal cancer. So again, uh, you can add that annotation uh, by simply going into the overlay and um, using the drug uh, option. So just to show hands, uh, how many of you would find this feature useful uh, to identify, you know, um, additional information that uh, is present within uh, your uh, network of interest. So I can see that many of you would find this useful. And so again, uh, we were able to generate uh, this network by uh, going to the built menu. And here we can see how uh, molecules are connected with each other by using the connect tool. We can then find different paths in which molecules are associated with our functions by going to the path explorer tool. And then we can further grow our network uh, to identify what other functions these molecules are associated with by going to the grow menu.
we can also um, overlay uh, information uh, in our network by going to the overlay menu. And so here we can overlay drug information and we can also overlay uh, biomarker information as well. So now that you have this uh, network, you want to look at disease state and treated expression data for ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer in the context of this network. But you don't want to spend the time or resources it takes to generate that data. And so over the years, our team has processed more than 135,000 comparisons coming from, the, from public studies and has made analyzing public data quick and easy. And so in IPA, you can easily search for a disease of interest using keywords, browse through relevant public expression analysis using its associated metadata, and overlay that data onto your network of interest. And so to add data to this network, we can simply go within the overlay menu and use the option analysis, data sets, and list. And so here we can overlay the data by simply adding the data. So this is going to open up uh, this window that allows you to add and overlay data that you have generated under your My Project subfolders. Or if you want to save some time and resources, you can overlay public data by simply uh, searching for it using um, this search bar. And so here you can search using keywords, or if you have a specific paper, you can uh, search the geo session number, for example. Now, in this case, uh, we're interested in uh, disease state and treated, treated data for ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer. So let's go ahead and search for um, ulcerative colitis and click on search. And so this is going to query the more than 135,000 comparisons uh, to bring up those that are uh, related or relevant to uh, ulcerative colitis. And so here you can see that there are around 1,400 um, that are relevant to ulcerative colitis. And you can see the different projects uh, these are coming from. So here we're interested in human. So we're going to go ahead and select projects or data sets coming from human disease that looks at uh, public uh, non-oncology human data. And so you can see um, the different types of uh, comparisons uh, by taking a look at the metadata here on the right-hand side. So here you can see, for example, that this a disease one versus disease two study looking at um, left-sided colitis versus a control. And so you can browse through the different information um, to see what this uh, analysis is all about. Now, in our case, we are interested in looking at the disease state. So I'm gonna go ahead and uh, filter the comparisons so rather than looking at all the comparisons, I'm going to go under comparison category and focus on those that are disease versus normal and apply that filter. So rather than looking at all of the comparisons um, that are uh, coming from human uh, relevant ulcerative colitis, I want to only look at those that are looking at disease 
versus normal conditions. And so here you can see that we have um, 51 uh, analysis looking at disease uh, versus normal. So for example, if I go ahead and um, select this one, we can see that this is a, a disease versus normal looking at ulcerative colitis versus normal control. So in this case, um, just for the sake of time, we're just going to go ahead and select this data set. And what we're going to do is we want to overlay it. So we're going to go ahead and add to overlay. Now here, um, you have the option of overlaying the single uh, data set by clicking on the overlay now. But in our case, we also want to um, look at multiple analysis on the same network. And so for that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, now search for colorectal cancer. to look for public uh, data sets uh, relevant to colorectal cancer. And so here uh, we can see the different projects this is coming from. So I'm gonna go ahead and select the OncoHuman project as I want to look at oncology data coming from humans. And so we do have our filter looking at disease versus normal. And so, for example, if we um, take a look at um, this analysis, you can see that this is comparing primary tumor versus solid tissue normal for colorectal cancer um, in human. So I'm going to also overlay this data set. So I'm going to select it and I'm going to add to overlay. And so now you can see that we have two data sets in our little um, box waiting to be overlaid. Now, now that we have identified our public disease state um, studies, we want to also look at um, public studies that treated ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer. And so for that, um, what we're going to do is I'm going to go ahead and search for that um, drug that we found in our network. Now, right now it appears zero because we do have that filter focusing on disease versus normal. So I'm going to go ahead and remove that filter. And so here you can see there are um, 85 analysis uh, relevant to um, our drug of interest. And so again, you can browse through the uh, metadata to identify um, an analysis uh, that may be interesting to you. And so here, for example, we can see that this is a treated um, data set looking at treatment versus control for colorectal cancer. So I'm just going to go ahead and add this to our list of uh, data sets that we want to add to our network by simply selecting that data and then add to overlay. And so now we're going to again uh, use the search bar 
and search for a um, treated alternative colitis uh, data set. So in this case, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, search for a um, drug that is commonly used to uh, treat alternative colitis. And then here, I'm just going to go ahead and select one, treating uh, the treatment versus control. So again, we're going to add it to our overlay. And so now you can see that we have four data sets ready to be overlaid. The first two looking at a disease state, and then the last two um, looking at um, treated uh, states. So I'm just going to go ahead and just reorganize uh, the way that they appear so that we have um, our ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer disease states, and then our ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer uh, treated states. And so with this, we can go ahead and overlay this information by going to the overlay now. And so what this is going to do, this is going to overlay the expression information from those four studies onto our network of interest. And so here you can see how our network, um, you can use this table right here um, to see how our network looks like for our disease state, for ulcerative colitis, for colorectal cancer, treated ulcerative colitis, and then treated um, colorectal cancer. And so this allows you to um, see how the expression information associated from these um, individual studies uh, leads to predicted behavior for our uh, functions of interest. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and um, ignore the, anal the analysis cutoff, the significance uh, that was applied to these data sets so that we can see uh, expression for all of the molecules um, present in this uh, network, whether they were statistically significant or not. And here, um, what I'm going to go ahead and do is um, take a look at these note charts. So when you overlay more than uh, two data, more than one data set, um, IPA generates these note charts that allow you to see how the uh, genes within your network are behaving across these different data sets. And so here, for example, um, you can see how um, EDGF1 is upregulated in our disease states, and then it's downregulated um, in our uh, treated states, whereas you can see how SNAP4 is downregulated uh, across all of our um, data sets. So if you are looking to identify uh, biomarkers or targets um, that could be interesting, uh, this is a great way to um, identify um, some useful targets. So just a show of hands, how many of you would find uh, this uh, feature uh, useful? So I can see that many of you would uh, find this feature useful. And so here, uh, by 
overlaying uh, public data, not only can you uh, identify um, how the genes in your data set are behaving in the context of your network, but you can also use the node charts uh, to uh, generate um, information in terms of how maybe different uh, particular molecules within your network are behaving and can serve as um, useful therapeutic uh, targets. And so uh, to summarize what we covered today, uh, today we looked at how uh, you can upload a, a list of identifiers and looked at the uh, pathways and the regulators that are enriched um, in these uh, lists. You can uh, do comparisons um, and compare the different analysis side by side and compare to identify common and unique molecules across your analysis. And then lastly, we took a look at how you can leverage the public data uh, to build a network um, using uh, your list of genes, see how they're connected with each other and how they associate with a specific disease or function of interest, and then how you can use public data to overlay that information into your network to see how the network behaves uh, within the context of that expression data. So thank you for your time uh, today, and I'd be happy to take any questions. Thank you, Araceli. A uh, quick request to our audience would be, uh, I have pasted a SurveyMonkey link in the chat box. It would be great if you can provide us with feedback for today's training, things that you might have liked, things you think we should have done differently or want to include in future trainings. We would love to hear any and every feedback. One request was, uh, can you show how to set up comparison analysis again? Uh, yeah, so to show to set up a comparison analysis, um, we can easily go to create new and then comparison analysis. And then here you can select uh, the analysis that you want to compare by simply using uh, the drop-down menu and then moving them to the right-hand side. And then once you're done, um, you can go ahead and view that comparison. All right, and related to that, that after you generate the comparison analysis, how can you get publication uh, quality, basically high quality image for uh, publication for comparison heat map. So you can export uh, the heat maps as an image by simply going to the export icon here and then selecting uh, the resolution, uh, sorry, the, the format as well as the resolution. And one small tip would be, you know, typically these images are really long because it has many pathways or many regulators. So yeah, one would be a directly showing current view, and second would be filter in the upper left corner of the screen. Um, I guess there's one more question related to comparison analysis that just came up. In the comparison analysis, can we filter the pathways or option regulators so that only significant by p-value items would show, but not significant in at least one data set, but significant in all compared data set? Um, so you can you can filter um, by using the filter icon over here. So here you can filter based on the different pathways that you're interested in, and you can also set um, cutoffs. And so these cutoffs are going to be set across both data sets, not just one. Or yeah, in this case, it's both, but whatever data sets you're comparing, um, the cutoffs is set across all of them. Right. I, I believe you might need to do like one more step, NSLE, and that might be through sorting method. You might need to 
source such that you know you put high B values like up in both because I I, I do feel that in this specific case like um, even if you were to set up the p value there could be like passive that's just significant and yeah so exactly like that so this can help you better I do feel that this is something we can perhaps uh, take to the product management as well and uh, perhaps like implement uh, new tools and uh, features. That was a great question. Thank you for uh, bringing that to, to, to our attention. Um, one more question, Anasali, the network you generated, can you go back to that, please? So when you generated this one, one attendee asked a question about like, okay, it's great that you can overlay drugs, but can you figure out if those drugs will have activating or inhibiting effect? Um, yeah, so right now, so what we did is we overlaid an annotation. And so if you want to overlay um, this annotation as a node, you can simply go, for example, here to the genes and chemicals tab and type in that um, molecule that you're interested in. Add it to your network. Sorry, so it's I should have removed some of this. It's it's trying to compile everything together. So here is our our drug of interest, and so one of the things that you would do is you would just want to. connect it to your network. So here we can go under connect. And um, so it's it's taking some time because it's overlay information, but you can connect to your network. And now that it's, it's part of your network, you can um, use um, the overlay um, menu and go under molecule, molecule activity predictor to see how you know the upregulation or downregulation of this molecule influences your network as a whole. All right. Okay, so while we're waiting, if anyone has any more questions, please feel free to paste in the Q&A box. If not, I uh, really appreciate all of you attending today's training. Also, um, appreciate Araceli for putting together this wonderful presentation and both Araceli Tim uh, for answering all the technical questions throughout the training. Also to Leah, for uh, sticking around for licensing related questions. Um, I, I hope this loads the thing, but if not, uh, we, we hope to see you guys in future trainings. And as always, we'll stick around 30 more seconds in case anyone is like typing any other question or anything of that nature. All right.
right. So actually, if I'm correct, then you are just going to show like maybe you click on overlay first, and then you click on map. Correct. Yes. Okay. And to our attendees in map, as Ashley earlier on showed, you know, you can use red and green, red to activate, blue, uh, green to inhibit. So you can activate the drug and you can figure out like you know, how it's impacting the rest of the protein genes on the network and downstream diseases and biological processes as well. So I don't see any more questions coming in. So we will just stop the recording. And once again, thank you everyone for attending uh, today's training. And we hope to see you guys in future trainings.